You're listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad. And this time of the year, the Irish celebrate all sorts of things. They celebrate Irishness in every way. And one of the things that has happened in the last 25, 30 years is the Irish have become more comfortable in their culinary skills. And their um, the reputation of the Irish being, I guess, bland in their food is going away. And there are a number of chefs and uh, that have made tremendous efforts to put Ireland on the map. One of them is Kevin Dundon. And Kevin will be over in Canada. He's in Canada over the Patrick's weekend. And I'm delighted to be able to sit down and have a chat with Kevin. Uh, he didn't know it, but the last time I saw him was in Dublin. Um, and um, Kevin, first of all, tough all to wrote, and thanks a million for coming along. Good evening, Margaret. It's great to be here, and it's great to be in Toronto. What yeah, a city. Fabulous well, city. It is. It is. Um, normally, I would be in, in Ottawa, where you it would be totally immersed in snow, uh, but Toronto is a little bit better. Um, Kevin, as I was looking as I was looking back over your your career, you spent what eight years in Canada. I did uh, in Alberta, so I yeah. loved it. I worked for Canadian Pacific Hotels, but now Fairmount Hotels. Yeah. So, uh, so I became the youngest executive chef for the group at the age of I don't know, 23, 24. Uh, for the largest hotel can last us. But I loved it. I was a, a permanent resident in Canada and, and uh, I represented uh, Team Alberta in the Curry Olympics and I was on the Canadian national team uh, for the, uh, all sorts of stuff. But it was, And I actually sat on the education board for the Culinary Institute uh, uh, across Canada, which was, was setting up the curriculum for the Culinary class i loved it uh it's what an amazing country so but uh my my wife wanted to go home and uh should we all do what the wives want us to do <laughs> i went home <laughs> so during your eight years here did you embrace outdoor activities where did you get into skiing and stuff out there yeah so we lived right on the on the resort so i used to ski pretty much every day like i did a split shift every day so so i skied i played ice hockey uh which was an amazing sport uh so uh yeah, and then hiking during the summer and golf, obviously. Uh, yeah, it was a really kind of outdoorsy vibe in Alberta where I was living. And it's one of those passions of mine. So it was really good. And there was great fishing there during the summer. And, and you were living, living amongst the wild animals. So the bears and, you know, the moose and stuff like that. So it was, it was really good. And the scenery is stunning out there. Well, do you know, when I was over there, my mum mom asked me what's it like. I said, mum, it's like looking at a postcard out, out your window every day. It's very hard to describe. It's so, so suddenly beautiful. So, yeah, uh, yeah really nice. Um, a Dublin boy originally? Yeah, uh, yeah. So Dublin, uh, mom, our dad is, is a medicine, mum's an accountant. And uh, I said I want to be a cook. So they weren't that very happy about that. So they wanted me. So, 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 uh, so they said to me, uh, uh, I was, did my intercert, and they said if I did well in my intercert, I could leave because I could go into college for culinary school. There, I hated school, and uh, so then I, I did really well in my intercert, and then they wanted me to stay on. So it was, it was cooking or architecture is the two things I wanted. So both similar because both you're creating something, right? And so, so then I said architecture architecture to dad he was quite happy and I said I'll be a cook <laughs> well I can't He's resist happy it's fine. it worked I, out okay in the wash I can't resist but at least you were going to put food on the table yeah exactly yeah exactly exactly so, so. But, uh, 
it was a it was a it was a fun journey though. So started in Dublin and then I got a scholarship. I was in Dublin College of Catering and I got a scholarship then to go to Switzerland. So I went to Switzerland, but I was waiting for my uh, scholarship to go come through, and I got an opportunity to go to. I always wanted to travel, and that's what what's brilliant about our field in Cymru uh, is. I w- went to an interview for a cruise liner. But you had to be 21 and I was 18, so I had the interview and they liked me and they offered me the job anyway. So, and, uh, so I went to, uh, La Harve and took it in its maiden voyage and our, and our home port was, uh, Martinique in uh, the Caribbean. Uh, so I did six months on that and then before I went to Switzerland where I had to get serious again. But, uh, a lot, a lot of fun and, uh, but I also learned an awful lot because it was, uh, for, like on the small cruise lines, it was very much farmed forks. So we'd pull into an island. And then all the produce would come from the island. Uh, there was no set seating. Uh, so, like, it was interesting. Great life learning experience as well. Uh, Switzerland was, uh, was interesting. So it was, um, it was very strict <clears throat> and the restaurant I was in was excellent. The accommodation I was in was run like a boarding house that you had to be in bed by 10 o'clock every night. And there was Mama, Mama Maria. She was, she was, she was, uh, she was a, a person to be reckoned with. So I'll tell you a funny story. So I don't know. You can either edit or you can either beat me out of it or not. But anyways, here it goes. So in the morning, she used to uh, come in and clean your room. Eight o'clock in the morning, every morning, regardless whether it was your day off or not, she'd walk straight into your room to clean your room. So I said on my day off, I set my alarm clock for quarter to eight and I stripped off completely naked, laying the, laying the bed. She walked in. She never walked in again. <laughs> so she was like the classic woman. As a, you could always see the curtain going back from her apartment as she was make sure so, that I was gone before she could clean my room. So it's perfect. So you were the original naked chef. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, <laughs> but when you mentioned the cruise line, I was on a celebrity cruise a number of years back, and I was very impressed that the um, executive chef was from Athlone. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And again, you know, when I in the intro, I said how, you know, the uh, the culinary skill set that has evolved in Ireland over the last 20, 30 years is reflective of that. Um, you know, this, Ireland has changed. Since you you came into the food industry, it has completely. When I left Ireland, I left Ireland in 1984, and uh, it was very much meat and two veg uh, type of cuisine. And uh, I was I was out of Ireland for ten years, traveling around, and I came back. And uh, what I really noticed was is that what we have in Ireland is amazing ingredients, and we're a small country, so we're kind of organic in nature. So, you know, you go into a restaurant, they might have 10 or 11 different ingredients on a plate. And when when I applied that skill to our indigenous ingredients in Ireland, the food was like bouncing off the plate and it was just like too intense. So you had to t- tame it back. So like the style of food that we would cook would be, uh, um, we would take the hero of the plate, whether it's a piece of turbot or something like that. We would do very little with to it and let the ingredients speak for itself and kind of give it an interesting twist there and there and back. But I think where the real transformation came within Ireland in terms of the culinary was is that a uh, true Celtic tiger and and uh, you know the the boom stage in Ireland. We all travelled, mm-hmm. so like the population travelled all over the world. You know that you know with the likes of Ryanair opening up and Aer Lingus expanding the routes and everything else. That that we we uh, started tasting different foods. You're, so, you're you're not talking about airline food here, are you? 
No. <laughs> well, no, no, no. No, I always give that a miss. I, I have a plan when I go on a plane. I eat before I get on the aircraft and I, and I fall asleep and I wake up, hopefully with a cup of coffee in my hand but coming into Dublin. That's my way, my perfect way of travelling. So, but, uh, yeah, but so when they came back, they put it up to us chefs is that they were looking for more adventurous food. And now what's really interesting is now you talk to, you hear tourists or people walking around. It doesn't matter where they are in Ireland, whether they're in the, you know, the back end of, of Donegal Gaul or in urban Dublin or Cork or Limerick. They're talking about the food they're eating. And, and, you know, you can go into a local pub and get a lovely cappuccino, great, great, uh, bowl of stew and a sandwich, chocolate stew sandwich to, Two-star Michelin restaurants in Dublin and, and you know, uh, country houses like Jumbrody House in Wexford where it's really far to fork. You actually see for yourself us growing the vegetables, our chickens are laying the eggs for breakfast and then it comes into the kitchen every day and then we design a menu around what's available to us that day. And, like, we've got fishermen going out daily coming in telling us what they've caught that goes on the menu that night. You can't get fresher. And like when you're when you're dealing with fresh food, it's it's hard to go wrong. In fairness. So Kevin, would it be reasonable then to say that dining in Ireland went from being a function to being an experience? Yeah, I think it was always an experience, but it's a better experience now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. No, I think. no, I agree. I agree with you. I agree. So it was, it was very much, as I said, very much meat and, and two veg. So it was like we went out and you know you had your prawn cocktail, you had your 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 you know your your roast beef and and your apple pie for for dessert, but now it's completely changed and and people like I mean even like go back ten years if you heard two you'd never hear two guys sitting at the bar talking about food. Now you go into any bar and there's lads talking about food, there's ladies talking about food. Everybody seems to be talking about the food scene. Have you tried this burger? Have you tried this restaurant? Uh, I had sashimi there, seared sashimi there last week. You're kind of going, this is fantastic. And it's music to my ears and for my rest of my colleagues around Ireland uh, to hear this. And even when I talk to chefs from around the world, like when I travel all over, like they're talking about Irish food. And they, they're getting it because they're experiencing wherever they are, whether in Australia or America or Canada or wherever they are in, their, in France, they're, they're really getting the vibe of really good food. And then they're going home and their experience, similar if not better quality from, from the chefs that we have home. And, and it's, it's everybody's, everybody seems to be wants a piece of the action in, in the culinary world and, and, uh, you have young, young people starting in food trucks with really innovative, cool ideas that eventually evolve into, into bricks and mortar. And, you know, and they become little budding entrepreneurs. And if, like, if you take Ireland as a whole, like we're known for that, of mm-hmm. small indigenous businesses around Ireland. And that's what gives us the, the employment really. Yeah. You have the big giants that come into Ireland and then, then employ a thousand people or two thousand people. But really the, the nuts and bolts of Ireland is the small business that's employ, employing five people, 15 people. And like I always talk to people that, that come up to me and they have an idea. It could be a gluten free muffin or bread or something interesting. And, and, uh, it starts from their kitchen. Right. And, and, you know, then they're talking to their friends. The friends say, oh, that's really good. I'd buy that. And then, you know, they would go to 
it comes to someone like me and I would chat to them and say that it has to be good for, for the whole family. It can't be just good for good and tolerant people. Talk to your local supermarket. They'll start stocking it. And if that, if that works, it, it goes county wide and then it can go national. And that's how budding businesses start. And it's not like, and the biggest problem with, with small businesses or business in general is cash flow. Mm-hmm. This is a great, great way of organically growing your business and having a sustainable business. And, uh, and it's, it's probably the easiest way to do it is through food. And, uh, you know, you, you go to like the back end of nowhere in Ireland and there's someone making nettle and, and, uh, uh, nettle and wild garlic pesto or some of that. And it's like you're tasting it. It's like, this is genius. This is like fantastic stuff. But so, so Kevin, Kevin, given your Canadian experience as well, when you came here originally, um, like we we came to Canada originally on holidays in 1975, and at that time, the food choices around Ottawa were somewhat limited. Yeah. So when you came and you were out in uh, Kananaskis, yeah, I'm sure you would have explored around the culinary offerings as well. What was your, has Canada changed? Do you think? Canada's changed a lot too. I think we all have. And it, it all comes down to the same reason why Ireland changed. It's because as a global population, we travel more. So, so therefore, we're trying, and there's a huge emphasis worldwide on farm to fork. There's a huge emphasis on indigenous ingredients from the country that you're, you're living in. There's a huge emphasis on low co- uh, uh, carbon footprint of getting the, the food to the restaurant, to the, to the place. And like, and I keep drumming into everybody I talk to is that she should eat in season because if you eat in season, it's better quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flavor is much better and it costs less and you're supporting local industry within your area, which, which is hugely important. But like when I came to like, particularly in, in uh, Calgary and out that way, it was very much prime rib was prime rib and, and loaded loaded baked potatoes and chicken wings. But but now you see it's a completely different thing and you see like restaurants really kind of using maple syrup, using muscat from, from the Northwest Territories and it's just kind of indigenous uh, uh, Canadian I- I- ingredients which which is fantastic. Like if you take then if you take Montreal and Quebec and you've got the poutine and, and like you've got Quebecois uh, cuisine which is interesting which is for for me it's kind of like French kind of peasant food which I love and it's like it's country uh, country hearty food and I think at this time of year particularly at this time it's like you need those stews low slow carb release uh, foods for energy for your for your body and stuff like that so which is which is in, in, in which is which is great I think uh, Ireland because we're a small country is that we do cook within season more mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and we have very defined seasons in in uh, in Ireland and like we take where Dunbrody House is down in the southeast corner of Ireland you've got the lovely Gulf Coast that comes uh, stream that goes by there so it's it, like it's a really good growing thing as like our strawberries in Wexford are amazing but like here's another thing you can get strawberries year round but you only want to you only really want to eat them in for four weeks between the last two weeks in July and the first two weeks of August because mm-hmm. when you when you eat them at that time you notice you don't need any sugar mm-hmm. they're just perfect because mm-hmm. the, it's the sun that actually hits them sweetens them makes them delicious and you know and that's when you should celebrate what's great about those 
it's like a raspberry that we grow in Dumbrodia is an autumn bliss raspberry and we get raspberries on that bush from August to November and they're but they're a particular type of raspberry which is really good and we grow them outside and I think when you grow them outside they, you get such such a better flavour than growing in a tunnel we do have tunnels in Dumbrodia because we have a four lettuce and stuff like that for year round but as soon as it's like like this time of year we're planting at the moment out in our out in our kitchen garden. Our kitchen garden is three acres, so it's like a big pro, a big part of our, our our program. So it's all about sustainability for us. I'll talk to you a little more about Dumbrody in a few minutes. Before so I just want to tell me what are you doing in Canada at the moment? So I'm I'm over uh, promoting Irish cu- cuisine, Irish food, uh, for Tourism Ireland. So I'm doing uh, um T V segments and radio segments and uh and just like chatting to chefs and chatting to people and saying how fantastic Ireland is and trying to promote Ireland as, as a destin- destination. And, it's you know, it's not just about the scenery, it's about the food, it's about the experience, it's about the people. It's, it's you know, getting people, it's getting to, people to go into pubs and not just go in there for a pint, to go in there and have a, a lovely bowl of coddle. Like, uh, I was in the Gravediggers pub in Dublin. If anybody's going to Dublin, go to the Gravediggers pub, pub in Glasnevin. It's an amazing pub. It's, 248 years old. It's fantastic. And they do a really, really good coddle. So a double coddle is like an Irish stew with, made with sausages and bacon because uh, it was a working class stew because they couldn't afford the lamb. And uh, But when you taste it, it is, <laughs> it is delicious. You need to close your eyes. But what Kieran does there, he actually makes them with a, with a, a, a bacon rib. So so it actually looks really, really cool, and it tastes unbelievably good. If I'm not mistaken, isn't that where the term the jar comes from? It is, yeah. So what's interesting about it is it's right beside the Glass Nevin Cemetery, and there's two doors to the pub. So there was a side door and the main door. And when the pub opened first, the Catholics had to go in the side door. If they went in the main door, they had to pay to go in the main door. So they used to go in the side door, which was... Uh, it was, it was, I was like, I was going, what? Seriously? <laughs> so, but but uh, the pub hasn't changed a bit. There's no music in it and no one's allowed to sing in it. So it's oh. a real traditional Irish pub. Super. Yes. And uh, and another thing I did was I went on the Perfect Pint Tour. I don't know, have you done the Perfect Pint Tour? That's uh, superb. And that's where I, I went to the Grave Digger. So they, they start off in the Guinness Storehouse where you do this beautiful tour around, around the storehouse. Then they bring it to the Grave Digger, which is the oldest pub in Dublin, or one of the oldest pubs in Dublin. And then from there, they go to uh, Ryan's and Park A Street. Where we've got oysters in a Guinness there. But they talk about the pint and how to drink the perfect pint of Guinness. And, you know, you start on one side of the glass and it's seven sips down. No more than seven sips. You can do less. And then we ended up in a pub called uh, the Oval on Abbey Street. And uh, for a point, and then that that was the tour, and then we went on and and uh, went up to O'Donoghue's and O'Donoghue's. I don't know if you know O'Donoghue's on uh, on Bagus Bagus Street, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's always you're guaranteed to have a great session. There's music on there every single day. Uh, lads come in and girls come in, and they just sit down in the circle and they start playing. It's just a super super pub. Uh, so we we're we we're very fortunate. But there's there's great restaurants, small restaurants in Dublin called Eto's on on Bagger Street. Great little, I think it's twenty seats, and uh, but the food in there is fantastic. They have a sister restaurant on Camden Street in Dublin now seems to be the hot place for restaurants. And the restaurant scene kind of 
moves around Dublin. Right. So do do a good bit of research when you're when you when, if you're traveling to Ireland to see where where the scene the scene is. You know, there's obviously Temple Bar, which is loads of Irish pubs and whatever, but there's a great vintage bar, speakeasy bar in uh, Temple Bar. That you knock on the door and you go upstairs and they do amazing cocktails and stuff. There's so much happening in, in Dublin and Ireland that, uh, but you need to do your homework. There's loads of, uh, loads of, uh, uh, websites and blogs and, and Instagrams and blah, 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 TikToks and radio shows like yours. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're back over. We were there last September. We're back over again, August, September. And we're on Leeson Street for a short period of time. But I like to wander into the buttery in Trinity. Oh yeah, it's uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, it's a great place because so it just, it's just got a vibe about it and it's just, yeah. just some, yeah. Um, and again, some other. My daughter's studying in Trinity at the moment. She's doing environmental science for, right. her, for her pleasure. Right. So she's loving it. Um, so Kevin, Dun Brody House. Uh, well, and then we'll talk a little bit about your, your, some of the other things you're involved in, but, um, and some of the, the cookbooks you've put together. Yeah. So, Dumbrody House, uh, cash myself, bought it in 1997. It's in 1830 Georgian Manor on 300 acres right on, on the Hook Peninsula. So you might have heard that saying, uh, by Hook, Hook, Hook. So we're on the Hook Peninsula. We overlook Crook and, uh, Carmel was going to conquer Ireland by Hook and by Crook. So that's kind of where that saying comes from. Uh, so it's, it's a 22 bedroom hotels with, three, uh, with three lodges. Three three bedroom lodges on it on the grounds. It's got three restaurants and uh, in it, so it's a really kind of foodie destination. It's uh, it's part of Ireland's Blue Book, which is a fantastic uh, collection of of good gourmet properties around Ireland. And it's forty members in it, which is a, which is a great tool for anybody who's traveling around Ireland. Um, yeah, love it. It's my passion, and yeah, it's like I'm I'm ha- I'm only happy when I've got a pan in my hand uh, right. cooking. Yeah, so I just love it. Yeah, a few years ago, I know I drove past your gate because uh, we were down at Hook. Uh, oh, yeah, fantastic. Hook Light, the Hook Lighthouse. And next next time you pass, don't pass the gate. Come in and see me. Oh, we could be because we spent nine months in the Cumra Mountains during oh, COVID. During, during Great COVID. land there. Actually, there uh, yes, well, I used to cycle around and the, the yeah. lambs were all up in the fields around there. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic because there's loads of heather in there. So you can imagine the, they're eating the heather and sweetness. Another place for great lamb is in Ackle Island. So in the, right. and the, like that's another great location where, where you see all the lambs roam freely around the area. And in, uh, in the evening they go up, in the morning they go up the mountains and eat all the heather and then they come down in the afternoon and eat the seaweed on the, on the beach. So you can right. imagine the sweetness and the saltiness going through, going through the meat and the flavors. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's that sort of thing that's happening around, around thing is you're recognizing the quality of the meat versus and the vegetables and you know, the, sea, uh, the seaweed that's, on, that's coming up from the coastline. And it's like, uh, you know, foraging and all that sort of stuff, which has been introduced into Irish cuisine now. Kevin, how to survive the last three years? I know, well, it was the 2nd of June 2020 is when things opened because that was when we left the Comoros having been up there yeah. for nine months and started touring. And that was, it was three weeks later, I was changing the rental car in Dublin when I, <laughs> when I was up in Stevens Green. Um, uh, that was, so yeah, it would have been the second way, the middle of June. Yeah. Um, but uh, how'd you get through COVID? Uh, COVID, 
listen, the first the first lockdown, it was it was quite severe. Cash myself decided to close the hotel before we were clo- before we were told to close. We just felt uncomfortable uh, about it and were frightened, and uh, so we closed. It. it was probably probably the worst time of the year for for our type of problem because. Uh, it was just coming into our season, March, our busy, coming into our busy time. So we'd just gone through the winter. So like it wasn't financially, it wasn't very uh, good for us. Uh, the government was very good in terms of supports. I think they were all over the world. So, uh, uh, so that, that was great. Uh, my daughter Sophie was 16 at the time and, and got me to go on social media. So I went on social media and I did, I, and I still do, uh, two o'clock live sessions every single day on both Instagram and Facebook and they get like two and a half million views a month. Uh, now, I would never have done that really without COVID kicking in. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I per- Personally, I, I'm, I, I was in a fortunate situation because I do a lot of tele- television work and so that was still going ahead so I was still broadcasting. Uh, I was, I'm a brand ambassador for for a large supermarket company in Ireland, Super Value, and so I was still doing a lot of work for that. I was doing corporate Zoom stuff. I was doing a lot of work for Tourism Ireland. So I was super busy, and it's like when when we were told we could open the door, open the hotel again. I said, "Cash, I need a holiday. <laughs> I need a holiday. I need a holiday for a week before." So what we did actually, this is a great trip. We went on the River Shannon. We took a cruise. For, for a week. And it's, there's something really special about cruising. You need no experience in terms of driving a boat. Uh, we took a really nice boat. There was five of us on board. We took all our food on board. We cooked on board. And, uh, you just like lose yourself going down the channel through Leitrim, Leitrim and stuff like that. It's just unbelievably beautiful. It's one of my favorite holidays of all time. Fantastic. Um, now that things are opening up and travelers back again, um, yeah, I take it you're probably full. Your your bookings are way up there, and things are looking good. Yeah, so it's you know there's always there's always a room here, a room there, and stuff like that. But like the yeah, the bookings are strong. This is good. like a strong period of time for North America to book our globally for for tourists to book uh, the hotels and, and trips to Ireland, which is fantastic. Uh, with, which is good. Like uh, we would do, like Dumrody is kind of for We've got a good mix of business, so we've a lot of Irish business, which is fantastic. And we get like Canadians, Americans, Australians, Swiss, French. So we kind of get a, a mix of everybody. So which, which is which is great. But the bookies are looking good, which is fantastic. So, um, yeah. So it's uh, it's but you know it's like everywhere. The cost of living is is going up. It's going up in Canada. I, like I've noticed a big difference since the last time I was here. So I haven't been here. Uh, the last time I was here was in uh, November of nineteen. I was supposed to come back for March, and then obviously everything perished then. But it, uh, uh, but I've noticed that there's a price increases here. Ireland is the same. Any, anywhere I've been, uh, you mm-hmm. just notice that there's. It's just that everything is just getting more expensive to buy, so therefore it has to be passed on. So. What social hard, media? Hard. Yeah, what social media coordinates should we put out there? Where can people find you, Kevin? Yeah, so if you look at on Instagram, it's at Kevin Dundon, and same with Facebook, same on TikTok. Uh, yeah, and then uh, KevinDundon.com is my website, and DumbrodyHouse.com is thing, and the global website is Ireland.com. Kevin, it's been a real pleasure having a chat with you, and uh, likewise, likewise, a lot of fun, and thanks a million indeed. Yeah, no problem at all.